0: Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are excited that you are here with us today the flowers in our sanctuary are in honor of the 60th wedding anniversary on November 10th of Reginald and Barbara Dawkins. So we want to say congratulations to Reginald and Barbara on this incredible achievement of 60 years in their wedding anniversary. And then also the flowers in our vestibule this morning are placed in honor of the no- November 13th wedding anniversary uh, of Steve and Renee Lennons by their family. And so we want to take notice of those flowers in honor of these anniversaries this morning. We do have an exciting note as we challenged in the month of November uh, to reach our goal of 200 in Sunday school each, each week. This morning in Sunday school, we had 234 in Sunday school this morning. And so we are excited by the commitment uh, that, that we have shown in our church. We are excited to be here, to be able to worship in the house of our God, I would invite you to prepare your hearts as we prepare to worship this morning.
1: footsteps of Jesus followed by step by step I'll invite you to look at the screens on either side for the lyrics and I'll invite you if you are able to please stand and join me in singing
2: weeks the adults the children the youth and you as families at home have worked on filling wishes for children The request started years ago one box so in the past several weeks we have taken this one box we have given it joy we have given it laughter we've shed a few tears but they are filled with more than anyone could imagine because inside this box is our faith. Our faith in Jesus, our faith in God has given us to be a blessed community, a blessed church, a blessed family. So today, as the processional starts with the shoe boxes, if you have a box and you're sitting in the pew, please join the children, the youth, and the adults as we today give away a little bit of Christmas.
3: If someone hope beyond their wildest dreams, what if I told you it's right there in your hands, in your hands, it's hard to imagine. told you you have the power Power to give someone hope far beyond their wildest dreams
2: couple of weeks have learned how to give Christmas away. We have too. It's very simple, very easy. But the joy on the faces of children who don't have what our children have should go around the world every day. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, this is your day that you have made. You have given us a church, a community, a family but most importantly, you have given of yourself. And now as our children, and our families, our youth, give back to a child around the world. Bless these boxes. Bless the joy and the laughter that's gone into them. Bless these children. As somewhere around the world, when a box is open, their face, their love, and their laughter will be there. It's in your son's name that we say these things. Amen. I also ask that if this week is shoebox big pack week, Bonnie Dowdy's in charge. If any of you have hours to spare, please call the church and come by as we put our boxes in a big box to be given away. Thank you.
4: And so, uh the staff overall and the church overall for the last year and a half really has been on a journey i came june 1st 2015 and since then there have been some new additions there have been some changing in the staffing structure that the church adopted we now have someone solely dedicated to the ministry of preschool and children and ellen just to see her joy she talks about seeing the joy in the kids but to see her joy and excitement here day to day in the midst of all the Operation Christmas Child was a blessing Where's she at there she is um, that was a blessing but we have a new youth minister with Alan Newcomb um, we have um, Roger a new position of organist and Minister of Media and we have the latest addition with Candy Wilson as associate pastor for music and adult ministry the personnel committee has spent laborous many hours during the day and some even into the night, uh, working on this new staffing structure, working with me, being very careful and, and prayerful about the process of which we were entering into. One of the things that I shared with the pastor search team a year and a half ago, and I've shared it off and on since then, was three things that I looked for uh, that I ask of myself and that I look for in all of our staff here at Boiling Springs. And they each begin with a C, but number one is character. And on this stage, you have people, men and women, who are of outstanding character. I also look for competency. You know, can, can each person that we're interviewing, talking to, can they do the job that we need them to do? And you have very competent staff on this platform this morning. And the last one was chemistry. And I'm grateful for the growing chemistry, the chemistry that's already here um, as we pull stuff on each other during the week or um, kind of have some fun with one another during the week. I'm grateful for the chemistry that we share, not only just in the halls, but also just about life and ministry and where we want to go as a church. And um, I'm grateful for the future, the present, and I'm grateful for the future and what it looks like uh, with these individuals that stand with me on the platform this morning. I'm excited about the new and complete staff that we have before you and the growth moving forward. We are not perfect, uh, but what I was gonna say as well is that um, we need you to partner with us. Uh, You have a great staff, we have great facilities. We have a budget to work with for ministry to help make ministry happen. And we wanna invite you as a church to partner with us because we can't do it by ourselves. And we're gonna talk more in the sermon this morning about the mission that we have been called to as a church. What is that mission? And we're gonna talk about that and look about that this morning, Uh, look to that as we talk about our outreach. I am thankful for the personnel committee. And in just a moment, I'm gonna go ahead and invite Doug to come up now. But Doug is the uh, chair of the personnel and um, He has uh, been a part of this process, and I'm grateful for him and all the personnel committee that I have worked with over this last year and grateful for the long hours that they have put in. Again, at the conclusion, I've asked Doug to come up and say a prayer of blessing and also the song that we will sing after this time of blessing. has a very, I told Candy it was spot on to use those words this week. I mean, it, it hits the message of, of where we're at as a church. But I want the staff to know in front of the whole church, I appreciate each of you and love you, and I look forward to what the Lord has in store for us. But, and again, to the church, partner with us as we seek to grow in our relationship with the Lord, and as we seek to share God's love, both here in Boiling Springs, here in the state of North Carolina, in the United States, and around the world. I am so grateful and so encouraged to hear in different meetings, whether it was budget meeting or some other committee meeting or men's group or wherever it was, to hear the people of of Boiling Springs Baptist say these words, there is nothing this church can't do if we put our mind to it and commit in prayer and and in our faithfulness to see something and to see things move forward. And so that is encouraging. When I hear it from the people of Boiling Springs, when we're talking about a new ministry endeavor, where we're talking about funding something, or we're talking about uh, what something could be, I hear that from some of you this morning in the meetings. I've heard you say there's nothing this, ch- this church can't do if we put, put our best foot forward. And so I'm excited about what the future holds. And at this time, I'm gonna ask Doug to come and lead us in a prayer of blessing. But before we do that, we have a staff covenant to read, don't we? Because you're all looking at me and Doug's looking at me like there's something else that needs to happen here. So as I said earlier, you know how we're not perfect. So just remember that. After prayer, discussion and reflection, the staff members of Boiling Springs Baptist Church have identified the following values as ones that we will seek to promote in our work. And I ask the congregation to read uh, not the what's printed in the bold words there, but where it says congregational response as we participate in this covenant this morning.
5: Collaboration. We will practice an open exchange of ideas, gifts, and resources to strengthen and support one another. We will seek to be sensitive to each other's seasons of stress and to lighten the load when needed.
2: Faith. All that we do stems from our faith in Jesus Christ. We will strive to proclaim our faith through spoken words and daily lifestyle. We will take the time to strengthen our own faith and each other's faith as we serve together. We will join you in this commitment through our prayers and support.
6: Communication. We will agree to practice open, honest, and clear communication, keeping each other informed about our plans and our work, and we will do all of this in a context of a caring commitment to one another's growth. When dealing with conflict, we will talk only with those involved. We will share difficult or potentially dangerous information with confidentiality and timeliness.
2: Grace, acknowledging that no one is perfect, we will seek to be forgiving and patient. While allowing others to be themselves, we will allow each other room to grow and learn. We will give each other the benefit of the doubt when expectations are not met. And we'll seek to demonstrate grace to our fellow church members and people of our community through our actions, attitudes, and speech. We will join you to through our prayers and support. Acceptance. We will meet people where they are, extending a warm welcome to everyone. We will demonstrate equality in our communication and practices, while respectfully listening to and considering suggestions for worship. And ministry with an open mind. We will join you in disbandment
1: through our prayers and Lord. Balance. We will help each other honor boundaries in balancing
2: work, life, and family.
3: We will join you in disbandment through our prayers and
0: Lord. Competency. We will strive to strengthen and enrich our skills through continuing education and other opportunities for personal and team growth. We are willing to stretch ourselves to find new competencies with God as the ultimate source.
1: We will seek to meet on a regular basis for staff meeting praying for each other's needs and those of our church and community. We agree to participate fully in this time as we discuss our service, plans, and overall ministry. In everything we do, we strive to do it out of love and service for God, church, and community.
6: I'm going to ask that each of you, if you would please stand. On behalf of the personnel committee, both past and present, I want to say this is a very important moment in the life of this church to have a full staff who are willing willing to lead if we're willing to follow and to participate in ministry. As a sign of our commitment to this, I'm going to ask that you uh, join hands and pray with me as I pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning acknowledging that you are the one and the only creator of life, that you are the giver, the sustainer, the redeemer of all of our lives. To this we give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you, Lord, for in your creation you created us each in your image that you have granted each of us different abilities and talents and opportunities. We're grateful, Lord, for this congregation, for their willingness to have a vision for the future, to be more and more the church that you would have us to be. We're grateful, Lord, for our church staff who are working together under the leadership of our pastor, Thank you, Lord, for their time and their commitment to work through these values that are so important in in work and in ministry and in life. We ask, O Lord, your watch care over each of them. Thank you, Lord, for their different faces, for their different talents, for their different presence. We ask, O Lord, that we would be supportive of them. May the values that we have said we would support for them, that we would also display these in ourselves. Help each of us, O Lord, to work together to accomplish the mission of your kingdom. Give us love, give us hope, give us patience. We confess to you, Lord, that sometimes we may be prone to criticize, but Lord, may the criticism be replaced with love and support. And those words that need to be said would always be said with a gentle spirit, with a spirit of love for you and for the one we're speaking to. Bless us, O oh Lord, in our continuing worship. Take each of their lives and fashion them into the servant that you have called each one to be. And help us, O Lord, to be supportive and loving and caring, not only to each other, but to the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: Well, I was going to ask you to remain standing, but since you sat down... It'll be good aerobic exercise. This will give um, our accompanists time to get to the instruments. The the a- hymn that we have chosen today. There are many ways of sharing. It's a it's new words probably to you. It's a new text, but a very familiar hymn. So I would encourage you to um, sing along and try to enjoy the tune that you already know, and then also consider the words that you're singing. I ask you to please stand if you're able and join me in singing, there are many ways of sharing.
7: this morning okay (laughs) I told the men this morning in our 8 o'clock Bible study that I said I want all of you to be aware that I have been in the carport morning and night doing the rain dance I said it ain't worked so I said I'm to the point where I said last night when I walked out there I right, God it's time for you to wake up and get some rain on this earth I had me an attitude, you know what I'm saying? I had an attitude, I was angry at God for not sending rain. Five minutes after I got through that, they walked in the Bible study room and said, Ed, it's raining outside. (laughs) Praise God, (laughs) praise God, amen. God's good, ain't He, He's good. God hears and God answers prayers. But you know the thing that i would forgotten, and Dr. Cullinan has told me this time and time again in some of her wonderful stories, God answers prayer when, Dr. Cullinan? In his time, right? In his time, God answers prayer. You know what? We've got to just have the faith and simply believe that God does hear and he answers prayer. Let us pray this morning. Father, we bow humbly in your presence this morning to give you thanks for the day, to give you thanks for the leadership of your spirit, to give you thanks, Father, for the showers that you sent our way. I know, Father, sometimes that we grow impatient. I know sometimes, Father, that we feel like you've turned to deaf ear. But we know, Father, that your timetable is, is not our timetable. But Lord, help us not to ever lose our faith. Help us to always trust and to believe that you are the God who does hear and who does answer prayer. And how grateful to you I am for that, Lord. I'm thankful that we have an opportunity now this morning, Father, to give back a portion of what you've blessed us with. My Bible tells me that God loves a cheerful giver. And I pray, Father, that as we bring our tithes and offerings this morning, that you would bless them, and that you would multiply them, and that you would use them, Father, so that the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ might be spread to the far corners of the earth. I pray, Father, that you would bless us in the further part of the service. I pray you'd bless Brother Keith, Father, as he opens God's Word, And as he shares with us, help us to open our hearts, Father, help us to open our minds and our ears and help us to gladly receive the message you have for us. And then, Father, help us to take that message out into a world and to share it. Help us, Father, to do what the scripture says, help us to let our light shine. The Bible says that no man lights a candle and turns a bushel over it. But, Father, that he puts that light on a lampstand so that it can give light to all of those that are in the room. Lord, help us to be that light. I pray that you'd bless in everything that's said and done, now, Father, and for what is accomplished. We'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory that's rightfully due to you. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.
5: Those of you who don't know me, um, I'm going to be reading scripture this morning, and it's coming from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. If you're looking on in your pew Bible, that is page uh, 1006. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come.
4: Lord, for our children and for the shoeboxes, for the staff and Lord, who you have placed here for such a time as this here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church to work with our children and our youth and, and our media and our associate pastor, the, uh, the, the Heidi and Betsy in the office and their responsibilities. Father, I'm grateful for uh, the placement, uh, the, um, this time that, that which you have called us to work together for your kingdom. Father, we confess that, um, Lord, we're limited. We confess that we fall short. But, Father, we know that we have been gifted, that we have been uh, called and set apart, Father, uh, to be about your work at this time. Father, I'm thankful for this church. And, Lord, I'm thankful for uh, what it means to so many, not only those who are here, but many of which who are not here this morning. Father, encourage us, challenge us, Father, about what it means to be your Disciples about what it means to be your followers at this time here in the year of 2016 in this place We all wish there were things that were different maybe in our lives or family or community But father help us To realize who we are in you and what you have called us to be about at this time Father our hearts are heavy for those in our congregation this morning that either are in the hospital or at home Who can't be with us and father we lift them up to you at this time? Father, we pray for those who are fighting fires. Father, those whose families are in danger of the in, in, um, of, of fires at this time as well. Father, we pray for relief. We pray for rain. We thank you for the little that you sent us this morning. And Father, we ask for more. And Lord, we ask for your hand over this situation. Protect lives, those families that are involved. And like I said, Lord, whether it's homes or whether it's also those on the front lines. God, we lift up our country today. We've been through just an exhausting election, and, Father, we just pray for peace. We pray, Father, that hearts and minds can come together for the sake of the future and for the sake of our country. Lord, help us to um, look at others who disagree with us in love and practice love in the way we relate, in the way we function, the way we go about our daily lives. Father, we pray for current leaders and future leaders, that, Lord, you would surround them with people who are wise and, Father, people who love you. God, we ask for your blessings now on this time together this morning. We're grateful again for your presence and for what has already taken place. And, Father, may you continue to move and challenge each of us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Last week, we began a new sermon series. We titled it, or I did, Cultivating Faithfulness. And last week, we looked at cultivating faithfulness in our generosity. And this week, we're looking at cultivating faithfulness in our outreach. Um, We also know that this month is Thanksgiving. And so the challenge to the church, I had several challenges, but one of those was to find some practical ways to demonstrate our faithfulness throughout the month. We we were challenged uh, to all give. We were challenged to... 100 in Sunday school, and uh, praise the Lord for the 234 today that was in Sunday school. And encourage each of you who are here today, maybe if you weren't in Sunday school today, there are great classes, all ages, all likes, all different approaches uh, that take different avenues sometimes, uh, but all center on Christ, but that have different uh, personalities. I'll say it that way, classes that have different personalities. And so if you're not in a Sunday school class, talk with me or talk with one of the staff about a class, and we would love to plug you in to Sunday school. But today we're looking at outreach. And the word that you will hear me use a lot in reference to outreach this morning is the word missional. And I wanna preface what all I'm going to say by saying this. Uh, language means a lot. I think we all know that. Uh, we've just went through an exhausting presidential election and we know the importance of words. And words get people in trouble. And words sometimes take on different meanings for different people. But nevertheless, language and the use of our words are so important. It's important for me as a pastor. I hope to get the words out that I hope to, you know, that I feel led to say during the week. And sometimes that happens and sometimes that doesn't always happen. And so thankful for your patience there. But um, I heard a great story this week uh, about when I was thinking about words. Uh, The story is of a little boy and the pastor who just moved into town. The pastor had a bicycle and he was out riding it down the street and he saw this little boy sitting beside a lawnmower that had a for sale sign. And so the pastor stopped and he asked him and talked about the lawnmower. But then they decided, the pastor said, well, I'm looking for a lawnmower. And the little boy said, well, I'm needing a bike. And so they decided to trade. So later that day, the pastor is out pulling on that rope in the, in the yard. And a little boy rides by on the bike this time now. And he says, what's the problem? And the minister says, well, I can't get it to start. And the boy said, well, I didn't tell you there's one thing about that lawnmower. You got to give it a good cussing. And the pastor says, well, I put those weights behind me. I don't even remember, remember how to do that. And that little boy said you keep pulling on that cord it'll come back to you (laughs) and the reason that I share that the reason that I share that is language is important it affects how people perceive things the words that we use years ago and still today many call a used car a used car however Somewhere along the way, uh, the word pre-owned started taking uh, prominence. And so now uh, there's the pre-owned lot and we sell the pre-owned cars. Uh, It sounds a little bit better than a used car. Uh, But language, again, matters. Churches know this as well. Uh, many churches today take on new and, and different names for the name of their church. Whether it's we've heard names like Element and Elevation and the Well or or the River or Something Church or you know and and often the denominational name is not in the church. And there's different reasons behind that. A lot of which is younger generations uh, look upon a denominational name with skepticism or whatever it may be. And so language is important. And so the new churches that start are very careful and knowledgeable. Of the fact that language matters and so they choose the name of the new church very carefully if you've been in church life for uh, for a few years you also know that uh, there are other there are different kinds of churches that are out there they put labels on themselves if you will they say we're a seeker church or we're a contemporary church or we're a this church or a that church um, my proposal to you this morning and if we're going to take on any kind of label with our church I would like for us to take on the label as that we are a missional church. We are a missional church. What I like about the term missional church is that it says exactly what it means. Some language is, is designed to obscure or to hide or to kinda, you, you don't know exactly what the, the meaning of uh, maybe some of the words that people would label as, as what type of church they are. But there's no doubt in what a missional church is. It's about its mission. And we're gonna talk about what that mission is this morning. But again, some language is designed to obscure the meaning rather than make it clear. For instance, some politicians would say, the, or the politician said that the project will be paid for by constituent-generated governmental revenue. And what that means is your taxes. That's exactly what it means. Uh, we'll be paying for it. But the language is chosen to hide the meaning. But the term missional church is designed to say clearly, this church is defined by its mission from God. That's who we are. It doesn't say anything about our style. It doesn't say anything about our music. It doesn't say anything about uh, our our brand, if you will. But it says that our mission is defined, or excuse me, that it says that our church is clearly defined by its mission from God. The language is very clear. The term missional has many similarities to the word outreach. But I propose to you the difference. The term missional is something that's 24-7. It's something that wakes us up in the morning, and it's something that lays us down at night. And everything that we do, from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to bed at night, can be, and we are called to be missional people. We are called to be on mission for God. Outreach, many times, has a beginning and end. We go to outreach on Tuesday nights. We have an outreach event. All of these things have a beginning and have an end. And we've all been challenged that we should be about outreach everywhere we go, everywhere we do. But I would propose to you this morning, the word missional, that when we wake up, when we go to school, when we, see our, or we wake up, first we see our family, hopefully, we go to school, uh, we go about our work in the community, uh, we run errands, we go to meetings at night, whatever we do and wherever we go, we are on mission for God. So what is our mission? I'm appreciative of Bonnie uh, preaching the last Sunday of this month, and she's going to be talking more about the Great Commission and what it means to support missionaries um, both here at home and around the world. And she's going to be focused on international missions and and supporting missionaries and and, uh, a Great Commission challenge that Sunday. But the Great Commission, and I'm sure she would say or others would say, if you're looking at the last few words of Matthew there, the best way that that can be translated is not... Um, well, is this way, is as we go, we are making disciples. It is a continual process. It's not a we go here and do this type thing, we go here and do this, and we come back, and then we get back to our normal lives. But it's as we are going about our lives, we are making disciples. When you think of a missional church, you might ask, well, what else could a church be defined by? At the risk of being cynical, I think that many churches have as their primary purpose to maintain the status quo and to ensure the comfort of their members. And unfortunately, that's what defines many churches. I don't think that church is meant for this to happen, but that's exactly the risk when a movement becomes an institution. There's somewhere along the way that the God-called, spirit-led God movement that was the early church begins to become, to use the word, institutionalized. Ever since the local congregations have had to guard against what happens to most institutions, ever since local congregations have had to guard against what happens to most institutions, their purpose becomes self-preservation through maintaining the status quo. Boiling Springs Baptist Church was established in 1847. And next year, Boiling Springs Baptist Church will be 170 years old. And throughout all the church trends that have existed and will exist through time, the mission of Boiling Springs Baptist Church will never change and has not changed. The mission is still the same. So the question this morning is, well, what is the mission? Lindsay, thank you for reading the passage from 2 Corinthians. There are other places in the scripture where we could see words similar to this, but I love the way Paul words what I feel is the mission for the church and for the larger church today. Paul says in verse 19, God's mission is to reconcile the world, every human being, to reconcile every person to God through Christ. He says, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. He, was, he has committed to us, to you and to me, the word of reconciliation. When that happens to us, when we are reconciled to God through Christ, Paul says there are three effects in our lives. And the first one is mentioned in verse 19 that I just read. The first is forgiveness. To use Paul's words, our trespasses are no longer held against us. Our slate is wiped clean. I spoke with the JV football team at, at uh, Crest uh, a few weeks ago, and I talked with them about the end if a, if a game. Now, luckily, they've had a great year. However, if a game comes up short, if they fall if they fallen short, like Clinton did yesterday, sorry, um, had to get that in there. But when, when you fall short, the scoreboard indicates that the, it, it reflects that. And but what happens, I always love this in basketball, especially when you're doing basketball games on a Saturday morning and there's like three, four five, six games, one right after the other. The scoreboard has to go back to zero before the start of the next game. And I'm thankful that God has taken our sins. He has wiped it clean and we can start over again. Uh, not only has he done that for us on the cross, but he continually does it as we go to him, as we seek his forgiveness. And so that's the first thing that he has done. He has wiped our, our slate clean. He has forgiven us of our sins. The second effect of reconciliation in the mission of the church, verse 17, if you back or go, yeah, go back up to 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, the old thing or a new creation. I'd like to say the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. The second effect of reconciliation to God is renewal, is renewal. The old self, the old life passes away and you become a new creature and a new creation. The third effect of reconciliation uh, is we become partners in God's mission. And I love these two verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20. It says, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them. He has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are partners in this mission together. It's the staff stood before you this morning. We are qualified and willing and called to do what we're doing. But at the same time, we cannot do what God has called us to do in this community and around the world in and of ourselves. We simply can't do it. This verse reminds us of that as well. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation, the message of reconciliation. In verse 20, he goes on to say, We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He says that we are ambassadors, not simply messengers, as one may think of for an ambassador. We are not simply just going to take a message to someone, although we do that. But we are representatives. And there's a difference between being a messenger and a representative. When you are a messenger, you simply convey the message and you go back on with your life. When you represent the king as a messenger, an ambassador might, or a president, we as children of God represent the king. We represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We represent him when we wake up with our family in the mornings. We represent him when we go to school or when we go to work each day. We represent him in the way we relate with others within our community. We relate, we we represent him when we relate with those within our community, with those within our church, and those to whom we have relationships with. Paul says that God is making this divine appeal through us, that we are the agent, the means by which God's mission is to be carried out in the world. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, and it is our job to carry out that ministry. There's not much in any of that which has to do with being institutional or maintaining the status quo, as I said earlier. So if Christians and churches are going to be missional, if we're going to return to what the New Testament says, if Christians are going to move beyond status quo thinking and churches are going to move beyond institutional thinking, what would that entail? What would that look like? The differences between institutional congregation and missional congregations, I want to just mention a few this morning. Institutional congregations focus on programs. Missional congregations focus on following Jesus as a lifestyle. It's not just Sunday, but it's every day. I think when I was a kid of the offering envelopes, and many of you remember these. I don't think we still have them today. But the offering envelopes, you know where I'm going? They would have Bible brought, tithe given, studied lesson, uh, brought lesson, it may have, I don't know, some churches may have written some things on there, you know, and it was this check mark thing. And the indica- indication was, or the idea was that if you complete these things, if you've done these things, then you are where you need to be. Then you are, you're going to be successful, I guess, at, at being a Christian if you have done, if you've done these things. Um... If we The church sent us the message that if we participated in these programs, we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. And the church was doing what it was supposed to be doing. But missional churches understand that following Jesus is a way of life. It's 24-7. And that what we do outside the walls of the church is at least as important as what we do inside the walls of the church. Missional Christians and missional churches get this. Institution, institutional churches have delegated... Uh, have a delegated approach to missions. That is, they say mission is what our missionaries do, and we are part by simply giving to the mission offering. But missional congregations have a participatory approach to missions. They recognize that every Christian needs to be personally involved in missions. In the old paradigm, mission meant simply writing a check. In the new paradigm, it means also writing a check, but it also means getting on the bus, it also means picking up, putting some gloves on or picking up a shovel or going to a local food pantry or doing other things to be involved in the mission. It's simply not writing a check. Similarly, institutional churches say ministry is what we pay the staff to do. Missional churches says the staff's job is to equip us, the members of the church, to do the ministry and to use our spiritual gifts in service of Christ. I know of a church in Winston-Salem that has grown by providing more opportunities for its people to serve. It's, it's been an exciting to watch, and it's a traditional church. And many of you remember some, some words that I said last fall, and I said again this week to a small group, is that it is my hope that with each passing year at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, we have more people involved in the work of the church than we did last year. At whatever point of the year I could say, next year at this time, I hope we have more people engaged and involved in the mission of Boiling Springs Baptist Church than we do right now. And that's still my prayer and my hope for this church. Finally, missional churches understand the importance of relationships and dialogue in doing missions and ministry. Missional churches understand the importance of relationships and dialogue and doing missions and ministry. The most effective way to serve, to see people come to Christ, has been and always has been and still is relationships. Many of you can give testimony to when you came to know the Lord, either at a revival or a service or at some special event. But more of you in this room can give testimony of how it was a mom or it was a dad. A youth minister a pastor a close friend family member who loved you who walked with you through the ups and downs and the mistakes and all the the journeys that you've been on in life and they've demonstrated Christ for you they themselves maybe weren't perfect but yet they showed enough Christ to you and shared with you how you can be reconciled to God how you can come to know the Lord and walk with him and you are a believer today because of the relationship with that individual relationships are important, are vital importance for the missional church. There's a 2,000 year old insight that any congregation can apply to reach more people. And here it is. Non-Christians come to Christ and the church primarily through relationships with other Christians. Christian friends and relatives bring twice as many new believers into local churches as all other reasons combined. I cannot emphasize enough the importance Of relationships. Missional congregations understand the importance of dialogue, listening, and conversation, again, in building relationships. It's um, your pastor's role and your staff's role to facilitate opportunities for you to grow and for you to um, uh, have opportunities to serve, but we're all in this together. A church that becomes more missional in its overall ministry does not do so simply from the pulpit from the pastor's desk or from meetings and Sunday school classes and outreach. It, 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 it happens in private prayers. It happens in um, our individual's willingness to be formed spiritually. As I said this morning, we've got, you've got a good staff. You've got a good facility. You've got budget money. There's nothing holding us back. We're ready to go. Ed, as we read, or who was it, in men's group this morning about spreading on the wings like eagles. My name was Mike, I think. You know, we're ready to spread. We're ready to fly. And so I ask you to partner with us. Let's together grow in our relationships with the Lord. Let's be open to be formed spiritually and all of what that means. Sometimes that gets messy when we really open ourselves up to the Lord and allow him to work in our lives. We begin to see some things we don't like and we, we, we begin to make changes that are tough and that are hard and are not easy. But I would covet with you. I, I see it happen with these, with these men that meet on Sunday morning. Uh, there's growth that's taking place there, that has taken place, and that is taking place there. But are, have you found that group of people that you can grow with? Maybe it's, maybe it's just one other person, an accountability partner, somebody that you want to begin meet with and talk with. If you don't have that, I'd love to talk with you about being that for you and, and us spending some time together. But how are we doing in our mission? How are you doing in your mission? As we talk about the sermon set outreach this morning. And as I started studying and preparing, I almost wanted to change it, but I didn't at the last moment. But cultivating faithfulness in our missional ministry, I guess would be another way to say it. But that just gets complicated, doesn't it? If you haven't heard the sermon. So we'll stick with outreach, I guess. But what does it mean to be on mission, to be ministers, ambassadors, the scripture says, of Christ, helping, helping reconcile the world to God through Jesus Christ We'll know we are on track when we begin asking the question, how can we be on-mission Christians involved in the lives of those we want to reach? It's not just a, a, a us and them. It's a us. It's, it's getting to know our community. It's building relationships with people who are not yet here. And it's beginning to ask, what is God doing in their lives? And these people that, that we would love to see here involved in the ministry of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. When this happens, others will want to be here, I want to close with two verses that, that, that Paul mentions earlier in, in 2 Corinthians 5, and it's verses 13 and 14. If you back up from our text today, he says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. You ever seen somebody that was just beside themselves? You know, uh, we could have some laughs and tell some stories about that. But I love what Paul says here. He says, If, if, if we think, something's off the rocker here, if something's just not right, Paul says, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. At the beginning of verse 14, he says, for the love of Christ controls us. And I like other translations that say, for the love of Christ compels us. Why do we seek to be on mission Christians? Why do we seek to be involved in our community? Why do we seek to, to do the things that we do? It's because we simply can't help it. The love of God compels us. And where do we find that inspiration? We find that inspiration in spending time with God each day and in prayer and in Bible study. We find that inspiration in gathering together with a small group, whether it's Sunday school or some other group that meets during the week. We find that inspiration in coming together as God's people and worshiping and singing and praying and seeing kids bring shoeboxes. We find inspiration in being together. We find inspiration in spiritual growth. The love of God compels us. Has the love of God compelled you to follow him this morning? Has the love of God compelled you to walk in a relationship with him this morning? I hope that it has. That love of God is compelling and is urging you this morning to follow him more closely. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for all the things that have taken place. And Lord, I thank you that you allow us to be on mission with you. It doesn't have a start date and an end date in the midst of our daily schedules or weekly, monthly schedules. But, Father, you've called us 24-7 to be on mission for you. When our head gets off that pillow until it lays down again at night, Father, you've called us to be about your business. You've called us to be on mission Christians. Father, challenge us in ways that we need to be challenged. Convict us in ways that we need to be convicted. And, Father, when we leave this place today, may we say it's good to have been in your house. And, Father, may it have made a difference in our lives to live on purpose, for the calling that you've placed within each of us. Father, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing a hymn that, that many know in the room, and I invite you today, if you desire to pray, if you desire to talk with me about church membership, or if the love of God has so compelled you this morning to walk closer in a relationship with him, I invite you to come. Let's stand and sing. I'm coming back to this one this morning there are several things that you can be on mission for as you leave this morning let me challenge you in these ways number one uh, am I right Sandy Quattlebaum you would like to meet with anybody interested in carrying a flag on Sunday morning November the 27th am I right and just right down here Okay, right down here after church. If you are willing to hold a flag, we have a wonderful, for those who are new, a wonderful uh, piece of the first Sunday of Advent of our um, international mission Sunday morning where you can have flag, hold a flag, and we parade them through the sanctuary. And It's a beautiful piece uh, to open up our service on that Sunday. If you are interested, meet with Sandy down here after church. Another option that you can help with as well is that all of these shoe boxes. I think there are probably over 200 by now. I don't know, but at least almost. Um, all of these shoe boxes need to go down to the lighthouse room. So on your way out today, you may be parked over here, but if you would be willing to grab two or three boxes and take them down to the lighthouse, Bonnie, where's Bonnie? Wave your hand, Bonnie. Bonnie will tell you where they need to go. Is that, is that safe to say? Okay, but Bonnie's going to be here all week if you want to help. Other churches are bringing their boxes in this week as well. But if you'd be willing to help uh, with Ellen, Ellen's brought a lot of these in here and has been doing a lot with this. But if you'd be willing to help take these down there, that would be great. And it seems there's one other thing that I wanted to mention this morning. And I can't remember what what it is. Pulpit, thank you, Heidi. This pulpit needs to be moved. So you strong, burly men uh, who are willing to help us, we would very much appreciate that today. So there's all kinds of ways that you can be on mission right now at the conclusion of this prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for each one in this room. God, we're thankful for Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And Lord, convict us and lead us as we seek to be on mission for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.